Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster. You know, I'm wearing flannel. I've talked about flannel in intros, and then I've forgotten what intro I talked about it. But I'm cloaked in flannel right now, or I'm clothed in flannel. So I can be cozy, so I can make you cozy. And if you're confused, you'll be confused and you'll be cozy because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And if your hand hits the fridge tomorrow and you wonder, how does Sleep With Me put two episodes out every single week for free? It's these sponsors. You can find them at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sponsors. And I couldn't do it without all of you. Thanks, patrons. What do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about on your mind, thoughts, uh, feelings, anything you're feeling emotionally, physical sensations. Maybe there's been changes in time or temperature or routine. You got something coming up. You got somebody visiting. You're going somewhere. Just got something going on. Maybe you don't even know why. Well, whatever it is, I'm here to help. I'm especially here to help with the feeling in the deep, dark night, the feeling when you feel lonely, even when there's someone sleeping next to you. You know, they need a good night's sleep, too. And it can be a little bit baffling. You say, well, they got to sleep, but I can't get to sleep. So whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm here to help with that by taking your mind off stuff and keeping you company so you can fall asleep. And it's a little bit counterintuitive. So if you're new, stick with me. I'll try to explain everything. The first thing I'm going to do, you know, I try to create a safe place. I try to smooth it. I try to pat it. I try to uh, rub it down. I say, hey, here's a safe place for you. Come check it out or I'll send it to you. The next thing I do is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So that means I'll go off topic, I'll get mixed up, I'll talk about something, then I'll forget what I was talking about, then I'll go on a tangent, and I'll do it all in a voice that sound that sounds you know not traditionally soothing. You say it's creaky dulcet. I thought I would want to sleep to sweet dulcet tones or melodious. Ferroni frones. I don't know. Those are the kinds of things I thought I would want to sleep to. And I say, yeah, this show's a little bit different. If you're new, I'm glad you're here. If you're a regular listener or an occasional listener, I'm here too. I'm so happy to see you. Really, I'm I'm welcoming you in because I'm so glad you found your way here. I hope you could take a little breath, uh, but I'll also explain a lot of stuff uh, that you could either fall asleep while I'm explaining it or relax or hopefully it clears things up so if you're new and you're doubtful you're skeptical you're ambivalent you're you're feeling uh, a little bit of unease those are understandable feelings when you first get to this podcast because it is very different and if you're like everyone that listens to the show and me you've tried a lot of stuff right to help you fall asleep 
And maybe it worked for a week or two. Maybe it worked one or two times. And then he said, then it, you know, you know, how, we know how it goes. Everyone that's listening to the show. Uh, so why wouldn't you be skeptical or doubtful? The other thing in the, there's, this is where a healthy dose of skepticism comes in. This podcast really doesn't work for everybody. It just works for the people it works for. But on top of that, for the people it actually does work for, which is a pretty good amount of people, it took them two or three tries. So out of the people it works for, 80, 90% of those people had to listen two or three times. Sometimes they needed a year or two or three year break because the first time they listened, they didn't like the show. But it takes two or three times to really get used to the podcast because at some point you just let go and you say, oh, okay, this is a show that never goes anywhere and never gets started and never stop. Well, it kind of stops, but it, it never gets going. It's always running. And Scoots forgets the perfect way he had that to sum that up anyway. So if you're skeptical and you're new, please try to give the show a few tries. If you already dislike it, there's a website I made, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you, that has other sleep solutions and sleep audio that you could check out. Because truly, the main reason I'm here and that I make this show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. Whether this podcast provides it or something else does, it doesn't change the fact you deserve a good night's sleep, and and I hope you can find that. I hope you can get the rest you need so that your life is more manageable, so that you can flourish, because that is going to positively impact every single person that's listening to this right now. One, accepting that and saying, yeah, you do deserve good night's sleep already has a positive impact. Uh, but if you get the rest and you flourish, we'll all benefit from that. And sure, you could say indirectly or whatever, but it's true. And even if you don't think it's true, it's important to me. You you getting the rest you need is important. And the flip side of that is I know how it feels. Uh, uh, yeah, like I got a, my dog's got something with her ear right now. So she's been getting up a lot. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, when you're listening to this, it'll be far removed, but from, from that, but, uh, so it, 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 it's, uh, haven't been sleeping great, but there's other times it's something else going on or it's thinking about something or the past, the present, the future. So I also know that's why I said it can feel lonely there in the deep dark night, even if you're not alone, it doesn't matter. It's how it feels in the deep, dark night that's important and that it's not easy. Despite what all the sleepers say out there, oh, just why don't you drink some milk, uh, blah, blah, blah. We know how it is. And you're not doing it wrong if you can't sleep. It's, it's tough. Uh, so that's why I make the show. A couple other things about the podcast, though, to know. This podcast uh, is not something you really listen to in a traditional manner. It just kind of happens in the background. You can listen, and I'll be here the whole time to keep you company, whether you're awake or asleep. So if you can't fall asleep, don't worry. I'll be here telling a story for the next hour. Uh, but you don't have to listen to me. And if you try to listen to me, try to do it in a loose way, like looking at clouds floating by. And you say, just like you say, like someone that's like more chill, they say, huh, I wonder what, what shape that is that you're seeing. You could say, I wonder what Scoots is really trying to talk about, if he's trying to make a point or not, or if he knows the point he's trying to make, or if the point will ever be made. And I say, well, no pointless meanders. So 
So, yeah, uh, just kind of listen loosely, like sand going through your hands. It also, ironically enough, this podcast doesn't put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off, whether you're awake or asleep. Uh, so I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar bruh, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar friend, to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. Just like if you were, like if I was on call, you say, Scoots, I need you to talk to me about not, not nothing, but almost nothing. And I say, that's my skill set. I could talk, I can tell you an almost a story that almost is about, it's almost about something. It is about something and it almost makes sense. So don't worry. I got that covered and you don't even have to listen to me or pretend to listen. I'll just be here for you. So those are a couple things. The other thing that can throw a lot of people off is the structure around the show. And the structure around the show is the show is designed in a very specific way. But as you become a regular listener, you can kind of adjust to how you want to listen to the show. Uh, and it kind of lines up with the goals around the show. First goal of the show is that you feel welcomed in. And so we start off uh, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So hopefully you feel seen and you say, okay, this is a place that might feel safe to me. I'm not sure yet. And I get that it's a little bit silly of a place. So let me see if I feel comfortable. So that's the greeting. Then there's support for the show. And that's just a reality. Is I My goal is to have as much of free episodes in the feed so you could listen to episode after episode after episode, that there's a lot of variety, and that two new episodes come out a week. Uh, for free on all podcast platforms. And to do that, we need the support of the sponsors and the support of the listeners who support the show financially. So that is that support, first part of the support. Then there's support for listeners. If you have extra needs right now, there's organizations you can connect with, and it's about supporting the communities that the show, like all the communities of listeners around the show, communities of other human beings. Uh, so that's the beginning of the show. Then there's the intro, which I don't know, we're like eight or nine minutes into, which is separate from the support. Though people, when people have strong feelings about the support, they also have strong feelings about the intro. But the intro is a show within a show. And it runs, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes of me explaining how the podcast works. Every single time I try to explain, well, I try, I try to explain it in the same way every time. And thus far, over a thousand times, I've been un unsuccessful. But what that provides you is a little bit of distance between being awake and being asleep. The intro, the reason it's a show within a show is that it serves a purpose, which is to help you wind down, to give you some twilight time. It's just not just to introduce the podcast. It's to say, oh, here's my friend Scoots, uh, once again, stumbling along just like a human being does. And okay. And, and, uh, I remember, I know, I, I know these parts of the intro are pretty standard, but then he deviates cause he gets mixed up and then he forgets where he is. So I don't know. You say it is my boyfriend there. And if you're new, you say, okay, I kind of get what you're talking about, but I don't quite get it. And I say, boy, you get me. Do you ever get me? That was quick. 
So the intro goes on and on and on so that uh, for a lot of listeners, it's part of their wind down routine, whether they're getting ready for bed, they're doing some other relaxing activity, or they're just in bed getting comfortable. Uh, that's uh, why the intro goes on and on and on. And it's a show within a show. Also, people just like it. And for two or 3% of people, they just skip the intro. They start the show at 20, 25 minutes into it. And then a few thousand people actually pay. Uh, so they get story only episodes or, but more, actually more people pay to get all intro episodes, which is, or, or, well, it gets more people listen anyway, not important. So just kind of see how it goes at first. But the reason the intro goes on and on and on and the story does not start right away is because it's just my feeling after a thousand episodes or even after a few hundred, that it was like, oh, wait a second. Uh, If I start the story too soon, it kind of interrupts that flow because it's not like a direct A. If we switch A, then we switch B. That's what never worked about that countdown stuff or, okay, you know, get in a boat to, you know, to your higher animal or whatever. You're rowing with your higher animal. And it's a way like I'm rowing a boat with a high animal. That's uh, there's, it must be a dream because uh, it's, and it's not a, not a good idea because it's not a good idea. Also, which animals have opposable thumbs that could be rowing something? Because I was picturing a teddy bear, which is not an animal either. It's a toy that's become a sentient anthropomorphized being. Anyway, so see, there's a pointless meander that just popped up. Uh, so just kind of see how it goes. But that's why the intro goes on and on and on. Then there's business between the intro and the show. And again, that's what keeps the show coming out twice a week for free. And then there's the story. Tonight will be our episodically modular, slightly serialized series uh what is it called? Spice Friends. Uh, I mean, what could be more friend? What could you look forward to falling asleep to more than a series about a giant Spice Friends? So there's that, and then there's thank yous at the end. So it's a structural show. That's why I make the show. So give it a few tries. I really hope I really yearn and I strive. Really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you free twice a week. All right, buddy, it's Scoots here. It is time for our episodically modular series. Uh, episodically modular series with a touch of seriality. It's uh, at this point called Spice Friends. And this would so if you're new to the show or new to the series, or you say Scoots has in the series kind of changed, and I say, yeah, these series are always, always in sleeping me, always in developing. But sometimes reverting at the same, reverting, developing, sleep with me stories. Sometimes they're going nowhere. They're neither reverting nor developing, but they're always becoming something. But sometimes they've already become what they, oh, sorry, this is not an intro, though. It's a setup for our, well, it's not a new series anymore. This is the fourth episode. Here's the good news, though. This could be your first episode because I'm going to tell you everything you need to know right now. And uh, then you could listen to the first the other three episodes. There'd be prequels. That actually just works out like the, fam- the famous space opera. Uh, uh, A New Hope was episode four. 
So, so there you go. You're right in time. You're, you're listening at the perfect time. And that's what I'm going to tell you everything I need to know. Episodically modular means that even though there's a touch of seriality, you could listen to these episodes in any order, out of order, might even be preferable. In fact, you don't even need to listen to them at all because I'm going to carry you off into dreamland. So I guess, uh, yes. Okay, so what is Spice Friends? Spice Friends is a story about a world just like ours and not too far in the future where, and you've seen this portrayed in so many movies and, and, you know, so many different, uh, I don't know if I've read any books about this, but I've seen movies and cartoons, animated programs, comic books, and toys. So at some point in our future, in this world, which is, it's a fictional world, uh, there becomes big ones, like big forest friends that are walking around. And they don't exactly love humans. And somehow, if you trace it back, you say, okay, maybe this has to do with... Uh, there was once a song called Radioactive. Uh, I can't remember who sang it. Maybe it was just something in the background. I get a London dance feel from it, but I'm not sure if it was, you know, kind of that style of song. And these big ones appeared, and they said, the, the, we didn't get the message right away, but they said, hey, we don't like that song or anything that subtextually might be related to that song, if you catch my drift. And we didn't realize that as human beings in this world that I'm broadcasting from now, as of right now, the second. Uh, and so the big ones would go around and they'd, you know, they'd say, well, what are you using that? What, what are you playing that song for? Offensive dancing, defensive dancing, energy producing dancing. Actually, we don't care. Just we're going to, we're not going to, we'll we don't, we'd prefer it in a strong sense. We may step on your boom box or take the batteries out, but we're also gigantic beings. So that was the state of the world for quite some time. And uh, they would come, they would go. It was always a conundrum, how do we deal with this? But then they had gone for a while, and they made this comeback. Oh, we thought we had them all on this island. It was technically an atoll. But... uh how come everybody now yells at me, hey, Atoll? I've recently, I said, oh, I thought, I said, they, I, know, I said, great quiet, great quiet. When they're honking, though, or they're just driving by, comment, they say, make a comment about how I walk or how I bike. And then they usually say, hey, Atoll. And I said, I thought I was the only Atoll fan around that didn't know really very much about Atolls because I'm not, I think they're islands. But if they actually, is it an island? Here's a question. Do islands, this is really a question. I'm not kidding. And I guess I already answered it. The islands must go all the way down below the sea to connect with the earth below the sea, the sea floor, right? Okay. Dead silence in my brain. One of my, one of my parts of my brain just face planted itself, uh, but really, if that is the case, there's got to be some floating islands, right? Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I guess my ignorance is all my ignorance is always on display. So, but they lived on a they they were all resting on a, a atoll atoll. Don't you want to call me an atoll now? You say I say it's not my name, but. Uh, 
I do like atolls. Uh, I love saying it. Uh, or atoll. I say, you say atoll, I say atoll. I see. Usually, I said there's that, that effect when you're going by the Doppler effect uh, that it sounds like atoll when you say atoll. So okay, giggles aside, uh, the the big ones were on an atoll. Then President Smith and President Vice President Smith were elected as president and Vice President of the United States at the time. It just happened to coincide with the comeback of, of the big ones. President Smith had to, like, had to, one, disconnect part of the United States to, 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 to have become, like, an Atlantis-like civilization in an attempt to get rid of one of the big ones. Uh, that didn't really work, uh, which probably stressed President Smith out even more. Then President Smith became a big one with this serum or something. doesn't matter because it's in the past. Uh, but President Smith became a giant big one, big being. Dealt with the big ones, got them all. Actually, it seemed like it was going to be an offensive thing, but it was really a distract, distraction. President Smith got all the big ones to the big ones atoll. And uh, then I guess there was some sort of – President Smith was working with this planet Zipper who would then uh, put everything, entire our entire planet into hibernation. Now, the good news is because of their metabolism or something, big ones sleep a lot longer than everything else on the Earth. Uh, so they stayed asleep a long time, a lot longer than all the humans and everything else. And then um, – we had sent a space team or astronauts to Planet Zipper to get some longer-term solution. One astronaut came back. Uh, now, in the meantime, this was like, you know, space travel is not like in the movies. It takes a while. And so by the time this astronaut got back, uh, a lot of things had changed. So if you were living where you're living now, you may be under the auspices of uh what like affiliated? I don't know. The friendly nations or something. President, President, Vice President Smith. Uh, she had, I think, taken a step out of politics, but then returned, or whatever you call it, leadership. I would call it. Uh, and she was now president, technically not president of the world, but president of the CN, Cooperative Nations. I just got that note. Thank you. And. Uh, uh, then uh, the big ones, so I'm trying to get to where we're supposed to be, right? So then the big ones appeared again, unrelated to President Smith being president of the world. Oh, or not appeared again. They were already appearing on, they were sleeping on Big Ones Island or hibernating, and everyone was waiting for the hibernation to end. Not exactly a great thing. That one of the astronauts returned from Planet Zipper. They had sent instructions, so there was like this whole children's programming uh, happening and cereal and toys uh, at the instructions from the astronaut of Planet Zipper they sent ahead of time, which was confusing, but uh, President Smith, uh, she went with it. And then, the, but she was expecting the astronaut to have, you know, like a laser or a super serum or something else uh, 
to deal with, or like a big one, you know, a, a positive big one or something to deal with the big ones or like extending their uh, hibernation. And understandably, the whole world was expecting that too. Meanwhile, the astronaut said, no, we don't have anything like that. Uh, but if you trust me, if we put on this children's programming, which is also geared towards adults uh, with positive uh, reinforcement, you know, validation, all that kind of good stuff, uh, I think if you trust me, you'll see. Well, because it, uh, uh, the astronaut explained to President Smith and all of us who are listening, but I'll explain it to you now. There was a manifestation theory that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I even it's, you got to take it on you got to take it on faith alone. But if you track things back, you say, okay, wait a second. When when that the inspiration for the song "Radioactive" started, which is not the actual inspiration, I know. That's when the big ones appeared. And the manifestation theory goes that manifest that that's how they came into being. Again, we don't. I'm sure science could track down. Eventually, we'll track down the actual mechanics of all that. But right now, it's beyond our understanding, especially for this story. Many things beyond my understanding. But the astronaut said on Planet Zipper, they take the manifestation theory seriously. And if you could, if the if a big one can manifest from that kind of energy, just like the song "Pure Energy," which may be or may or not be by the same band, but it's in the same style as uh, that. Uh, it said, if you use positive energy, maybe you could manifest a positive big one. Obviously, President Smith kind of scoffed at that and said, "We're actually looking for real solutions here." But the astronaut was very confident, said, hey, trust me on this one, or go ahead, only partially trust me, uh, you know, keep going in parallel. Now, the only thing that's troubling, you know, beyond the big ones that was troubling President Smith was the fact that she did have one big solution, which was similar to her father's, uh, but her father's was only localized in the United States and California and Nevada. She had a solution because the big one's atoll happens to be at an intersect, you know, just like all good atolls, uh, they're at an intersection of uh, continental plates and things or whatever, uh, rift, whatever those things are called, uh, you know, lines, uh, where continents, where continental plates, uh, intersect, uh, and they did have a device uh, that could uh, cause, you know, definitely cause the big, the big ones atoll to be go bye bye. Uh, but it would also impact those plate continental plates. Uh, so definitely get rid of the big ones atoll. But it would have a lot of after effects for regular folks. Uh, and a large, large impact. And so President Smith is like, okay, that's a real tough decision to make here, and not the one I want to make. I get rid of the big ones, but I am no, not, no one's qualified to make that choice, though everybody expects. President Smith also, this wasn't revealed in any of the stories, but I'll just tell it to you now so you have it, is the only one that can a enact that uh because working with her father and seeing the path her father had to go down and because of her intelligence and uh, foresight, 
you know, made sure this was like that she only she would carry the fail safe and that there's no way to duplicate it or anything. So only she can make the final choice uh, because she carries the, the fail safe with her. Of course, you can see that there's a little bit of a thing in that plan, you know. And she did have, like, minor backup plans. But, again, for the time being, she said, if anybody's going to do it, I'm going to do it because my father had to do something similar. I'm president of the world. But I don't want to do it because I'm president of the world, not part of the world. And, you know, not just a part of the world. You know, but uh, also, President Smith on the other side said, but I'm president of the world, so I will have to decide this uh, if needed. The astronaut was saying, don't worry about it. Meanwhile, the manifestation theory turned turned out, it, well, again, this could be just projection, but let's just say it for the sake of the story. It turned out to be true. The projection or manifestation worked, and they were able to manifest a giant positive cinnamon stick who managed to deal with moth breath, the first big one that awoke, and... Uh, Saved saved us from saved different places from moth breath, uh, and then left the world maybe fused with moth breath or something. But they went into outer space, so that's one big one gone. I guess we won't be. See, I don't think we'll see cinnamon. Not cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon spice. That was the name of the spice friend. So, but meanwhile, that left an island also still full of big ones that were you know getting to the end of their sleep cycle because. Moth breath woke up, though moth breath may have been awakened by a bunch of people that had a moth breath based belief system. So, without further ado, that's where we're, we're left off. President of the world, President Smith, the astronaut working on positive solutions through children's programming that manifest giant spice based beings. And uh, one was in a recipe with one Hollywood announcer uh, who really is my cinnamon spice, uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you, Scooter. Uh, the friends behind the binaries, the ladies, the gentlemen, the boys and girls. It's time to get spicy with spice friends. Clump, clumpity clump. Yeah. Holy cow, you did once again you came up with the thing. See, just like the it takes a while for the show to get a title, it takes a while for your brilliance. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that work with you expect you to just turn it I mean your charm's already turned on. But that whatever that is, that skill that you were able to the do do there, uh you can't just turn that on, right? it takes you Right, Scooter, it takes a while, and I need a you know, title and uh, understanding of this basic story, which you've provided me now. Thank you, and uh, good night. All right, yeah, you could go lie on my bed again. I have the, your comforter. I also added some other comfort. Like I said, how's that comfort? I, I tested the comforter when you weren't here. It was quiet, uh so I don't know if there's something else. You don't. It sounds like you're wearing all leather clothes, but you're not. So I also ordered you some clothes that you can do that. Oh, you do, that I need you to change into. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks. That's Mr. Antonio Banderas, and this is Spice Friends.
Okay, so uh, I'm recording these messages for you or forever listens to it, uh, President Smith. You know, uh, I'm very proud of you. I think I mention that every single time, but, uh, you know, it's just because the spice, uh, cinnamon spice worked, and there's been some time since cinnamon spice's appearance. And just because it worked once, you know, we don't know. I mean, I'm confident it'll work again. But, uh, you know, everyone expected it to work again immediately before any other big ones awoke. And I, I have told you this interpersonally, but I don't know if there's a way to announce it to the world. That's like, well, what if this doesn't work in the way we all expect? Uh, I mean, my team is prepared for that. Uh it's not, and even when it did work, it wasn't in the way everyone expected. Because along the way, one thing we learned is we, when we lost sight of the why and the what uh, the first time, is that what caused it not to work? I mean, probably contributed to it. Uh, so I have to think about how I can stay focused and my team can stay focused. Uh, and... I don't know if the right word is a firewall, but you've done a good job of that, protecting us from the outside world, our existence, our relate. Like, even those people said, oh, that's interesting that uh, there was a spice friend on that show and then there was a spice friend in the world. Uh, it's brought in a lot of uh, spice friend stuff is selling out, of course, uh, but it's just not that simple, you know. But, you know, the whole world is waiting vigilantly for both the next big one and the next spice one. And, you know, there's reports all the time of spice or big ones waking up or spice friends appearing. And that, like, why can't one appear now? Uh, but... Uh, there hasn't been any appearances, but people want either answers or actions from you in their leadership. Uh, they don't want faith. They don't want trust. Uh, you know, obviously, you can't just present the manifestation theory or to say, hey, trust us. Everything's going to be okay. Just be patient. We don't know what we're doing, but trust us anyway. And at least on my end, I know what our next steps are going to be uh, because I know, I can feel the feelings directed at you and directed at, that everyone's feeling right now is pretty potent. It's uh, the A-N-G-E-R, and it walks hand in hand with that vigilance, this hyper-vigilance uh, and so we're moving forward, and we've been pitching ideas, and we've been testing out different spice friends, and none of them have appeared, and that's fine. But we thought about it uh, in a session recently. I said, okay, like, uh, it's hard to detach, you know, to be process-based when we're hoping for an outcome. But we keep returning to the feelings, and that's why I'm talking about feelings, uh, because we made a list of uh how do we feel or what do we think about those feelings I mentioned? Uh, and then a list of spices that uh, don't reflect those feelings. But one of the things we came up with is like, well, it's tough to understand or this doesn't make sense or how is this healthy? 
when it's portrayed as always in a non, non, not a positive light? How do you validate something that's volatile? What do you do? Because, of course, if there's an island full of big ones, you're going to be, you know, on alert. And we kind of talked about the feelings and uh, the thoughts uh, and, you know, tried to stay process-based. And then we said, well, what is a spice that's kind of like that, especially from a child's perspective, that they don't understand? If you told them about it, they probably wouldn't be interested. Even if you told them, trust me, when I put this in food, it makes it's one of those things that makes us taste better. You know, we couldn't just, we did want to get the rights to the Dragonlance uh, prequels of the two brothers uh, and the Majir brothers. And then just for the one scene where Raceland gets a job cooking at an inn and the secret ingredient is garlic. Uh, but that was not a possible, and they said it was too confusing. So we said, okay, garlic. But that was a, the spice we came up with, was garlic is in the same way or similar to those other feelings. You say, well, I don't know about it, or I'm not sure. And if you overcook it, holy cow, it's, it's bitter. It's unpalatable if you go too far. Or if you just have it raw, you wouldn't do, you know, unless only under certain circumstances. But at the same time, if you roast it and it's caramelized, uh, it's entirely different and subtle. And so we started to work on understanding garlic uh, or garlic being the misunderstood spice friend. And especially even as adults, you say, oh, okay, there's garlic. It's uh, papery. It's a leathery. You say, okay, that's not where gar- it's garlic. You know, garlic could be green. Uh, so we, I don't know. We just started doing dances about that and how it feels to be misunderstood. And it was, I guess we did make some missteps with showing garlic, how to cook garlic. I didn't realize it at the time, but I wanted to kind of, that was me. I wanted to point out that, uh, what if you overcooked this? And we didn't air those, luckily. But we did take the steps back, and I said, okay, wait a second. Like the team reminded me, follow the feelings, right? Uh, And I said, okay, what if we, through song and dance and in a subtle way that I'm not capable of, but this amazing team of dancers and singers and writers and performers and puppeteers, they've been able to do. What if uh, there is a way... We could create a dance and song and story to take garlic on a journey that I think our world needs to go on of following those feelings. And so we did. We've been doing these stories of taking garlic uh, to places maybe garlic doesn't want to go. And again, it's cloaked, uh, but not in a way that insults children, obviously, more it's even obvious. A lot of it's on the nose, but it's in song and dance. So, so then it makes it not on the nose. I don't even understand some of this stuff. But, you know, what would happen if garlic stays on guard about everything? Just like you are in that place of uh, if the world's aggression, if they expect you, you know, they're, they're turning it against you so to make you more offensive, uh but you don't want to make that last choice there. Or I don't know, I can't speak for you. 
but leading garlic down that road and saying yes every time, and, and I guess validating. I was saying, yeah, okay, okay. What if you on guard? Okay, what if you feel? What if you go with these feelings? Uh, and seeing the folly in it so through garlic's eyes mostly, and saying, oh, wait a second, I can. You can, if you validate it, then you kind of see. You get sad in the end. You say, well, I really feel bad for you, garlic. You followed this friend. Is a little bit of a misdirect, you know, down angry road, uh, keeping an eye on everyone, and look where it led. Now, how do we feel about garlic? Uh, oh wait, were we with garlic the whole time? We were dancing and following along. Uh, oh, we feel a little bit sad if that's where we ended up. Not in Candyland. No, no, no. But there's been no result of uh, garlic, uh, whatever, appearing. But I can feel it in the team. I could feel it in me, and I can feel it in the children uh, that there is a response. Uh, and I don't think the adults are changing their mind. They're saying, oh, no, no, President Smith, uh, it's time. You know, we'll take action against the CN. We'll leave the CN if you don't. Uh, you know, and but the funny thing is, I guess to me, what you've explained to me and what you've explained to them is you don't know. Uh, you know, there's theories, oh, okay, it'll be this ring theory around, you know, concentric rings around Big One Atoll. But other geologists have said, no, no, no. You know, it could, it, it probably will cause an impact on the other side of the world, or, oh, well, there's this tectonic plate theory. So you have people holding on to different theories of what would happen. I mean, every theory says this impact of getting rid of big ones, atoll, will have a, come with great cost. Uh, but everybody's looking at it from a different way because no one knows what will happen. And But they all want you to act anyway because they want you to act right uh, so that's what I'm thinking garlic is providing us right now. But, you know, the world does not want to wait, you know. they uh, And I guess it makes me wonder how you're feeling. And I guess you have to be stoic and strong. But I have seen you watching the more time you spend down here and that you are, I guess that's where my pride came from at the beginning, isn't your ability to make be a leader it's the ability to also be a join-inner or a part of, uh, and that's kind of, you know, you've been a part of the team. You've set aside, and you've even scheduled it as a time, because, you know, we've talked about these things, obviously, uh, where you're only a part of the Spice Friends production team or the Big Emojis team, whatever it is. You know, Spice Friends have kind of taken off where the show itself uh Still the big emoji show with Spice Friends, but, you know, really the Spice Friends are the focus. So, I don't know. I mean, we've talked a lot about it and uh, the cost of things and where things are going. And I also know that you have some plan. I mean, by coming here and, and joining us, so, you know, that's part of the plan. But it's a lot for you to carry, uh 
uh, you know, I like watching you dance and sing and and, and partake and, and, and be a part of the team, a contributor to the team, even with your presence. Uh, and I guess, yeah, just like everywhere else in the world, there's staff members that have uh, stronger feelings about what actions you should take. But if they're participating, you know, they can only, you know, you know they have to make it, they have to walk their own path. Uh, let, let me just take it. Let, let you, you're, you're knocking at my door. Uh, excuse me. Okay. Well, it's been a little while since I've recorded, uh, but, uh, and things have happened. You know, you'd knocked on my door during my last recording and, you know, you had said, okay, with these rumors, uh, they're not rumors anymore. Because it's like we had talked about, people started seeing garlic spice everywhere, which we were hopeful about, but it wasn't showing up on any of our tests. And then you said there's something showing up, uh, but it's not from Big One's Atoll. It was never on Big One's Atoll. And so we said, maybe this is garlic. Uh, it's in, it was in wetlands areas. The signal would go and would disappear. But that also started to line up with people seeing this new uh, big one, boggy, and rising up from bogs or swamps. And, and again, those are somewhat isolated areas in most places uh, in wetlands. Uh, but it, again, when we looked, we said, wait a second, these sightings do line up with the tests now. And some of the, the some of the views uh, people were saying didn't exactly. I don't know that it looked different in different places, but then we had, uh, I guess, our first. Well, the boggy's here, and it's here in Florida, or the former Florida. We still call it Florida, though. And boggy is. Uh, I mean, Florida's wetlands, uh, all wetlands now, but cities and wetlands. And uh, Boggy's been visiting the cities, and it's not going good. But then vanishing back into the wetlands and, and occasionally appearing throughout the world. Uh, and again, we said, but now we know, the world doesn't know, that there's only one Boggy. And you said, is this fit the manif manifestation theory? Is it manifesting? And I said, no, it, I don't think you could manifest twice uh, or demanifest and remanifest. Uh, and, but obviously the world didn't know that. And they said, what if there's multiple bogies? And while it's a distraction, it was also another impetus uh, for uh, the world, other leaders of the world, and, and I guess a large percentage of the populace to try to, again, get you to take action. But it was also, as we stayed tuned to the feelings of the world, it was also this thing of, uh, wait a second, things have changed. Uh, there's still that ANGER in this vigilance and kind of leading you to be like, take action and, or want you to take action. But now it, it changed a little bit too, because the feelings became more and more like frustrated with you is a mild way to put it. And blaming you for not getting rid of big ones, atoll. 
uh, kind of more of a, sl- like it went from a hot to, to a slow smolder. Uh, like I'd say, what people would say would be contempt. Uh, and I saw it around us, even the, some of the staff, like I said, and I said, well, okay, they have their feelings, but if they're focused on being part of a team, uh, you know, those feelings don't have to be everything for them. They can be there. And so people were starting to feel loathing and blaming and, uh, you know, frowny faces. Uh, so I said, okay, well, how can we do this with, uh, with garlic, uh, whether garlic appears or not, which is really hard, especially with boggy appearing and disappearing, but, uh, becoming more and more frequent in Florida, and again, just like you're responsible for the people of the world, you're saying, okay, well, uh, sooner or later, Boggy's going to get closer to really an area where a lot of people live in Florida. But we talked about that, uh, you know, the, we actually returned to those cooking lessons and talked about garlic. Uh, how'd you feel about the, like, uh, this mistake I made? I went on and have been rare since I've been on the show. And I told Garlic, hey, I made this mistake. I thought we would teach people about you. Because, you know, when you cook, it was a little bit comedic, but again, with a strange undertone. And I said to Gar- then I said to Garlic, do you know you're not even the same as the garlic we eat? You're a symbol of garlic, but you're also a bigger symbol. But and then I said, how are you feeling about all this? And Garlic said, not good, uh... I feel like my temper's rising, uh, but I also feel a lot of it directed at you. You know, we played this out, and again, we played it out over song and dance. I'm trying to be as clear as I can, because sometimes the subtleness of the show, I don't know, this helps me to think it out uh, and say, just see where I'm missing things, uh, because when I miss things, they're always, I'm missing the thing that's right on my nose, you know. So we talked to Garlic about this and, and hold, holding resentment and, and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, again, where would it go? Let's head out again, Garlic, uh, and take me with you. But the world's fires didn't subside uh, towards you. But, again, I felt a shift in the children and in the staff, even the staff's attitudes towards you. Because when you get to, to the end of those roads, it's a sad road to go down. And you really can. And you say, hey, I keep validating this, uh, but also looking at it and saying, okay, well, if we validate that you're feeling this way, but we the feelings, but then you say, okay, well, what if you acted on that thought, uh, Garlic, uh, where would it take you next? Uh, when you see where those kind of things end up, uh, you say, oh, maybe I should just let those feelings flow through me because it's sad if I'm just controlled by the thoughts and the feelings. I don't know. So, But what couldn't be denied is that uh, finally Boggy had headed inland, or what you would consider inland in other areas. And uh, the, it, it was interesting, though, is uh, Boggy, we thought Boggy was going to go to one of the big cities and out on the outskirts of one of the big cities is this gigantic 
garden that's been maintained for so long. And that it's really uh, like something people love, like uh, love, uh, and you know they've adjusted it to the wet, you know, the more wetlands type environments over the few decades. But something about Boggy seemed different. Now we had learned by observing Boggy that uh, Boggy was of the the wetlands and the swamps and the bogs, uh, so kind of an amalgamation of organic materials. Uh, but the, this garden really seemed to irritate Boggy, like uh, which was interesting with all the way, way the world was feeling that Boggy seemed to really angry at this uh, manufactured garden. You say, okay, well, maybe it's this clash of organic versus uh, a cultivated garden. Now, of course, we were wrong because uh, it had been a while since, you know, they go, whatever. So Boggy started clomping around this garden. It was very large. Uh, at first, we didn't even realize it because we said, well, it's not that far outside of the city and uh, maybe Boggy's getting ready or maybe, I don't know. But then we saw Boggy uh, make its way towards the center of this garden where there's this giant uh, green stalk towering and towering. And Boggy was pacing around and he seemed to be yelling with one of those sonic things at the stalk and kicking at the dirt. And and we realized that Boggy's digging with... uh, the feet. Uh, there seems to be something about this gr- gr- green stalk, and I guess none of us ought to analyze it uh, or the history of the gardens. How long has that stalk been there? What what was it? But it ended up we f- would find out because uh, Boggy started to pull at the stalk and dig around the stalk and hit at the stalk, uh, and then pulled it out of the ground and started swinging it. Uh, and our reaction was a bit of uh, concern because at the end of this long uh, green uh, thing was uh, this big clump of earth. We said, is Boggy like using tools? Is it, and then go to the history of the big ones. The big ones use tools not normally, but they could. And they never use them for anything other than causing uh, property damage, I guess would be the way to put it. So Boggy's swinging this thing around, uh, and we were all watching. We were getting ready to film something, and uh, someone said, what if that's actually garlic? Uh, and uh, we said, we garlic is a bulb, and uh, you know, we did uh, say, okay, let's get something on air. But what happened as we were, you know, we, we, whatever, we had something ready to go. It was in the same thematic place. But at the same time, we noticed that suddenly the garlic, it was garlic, uh, started to wrap itself around Boggy. And then feet, uh, it was long. So it wrapped around Boggy a few times and then started to swing Boggy up over a giant. Now, this garden had these giant uh, trees that were no longer trees. They were... uh, you know, just wood, the trees that had passed to the great beyond. But their wood was there. It was called, you know, the uh, the empty forest. 
and garlic threw Boggy over the tree, so they were hanging in counterbalance over this tree off the ground. and Boggy was writhing and, and trying to get uh, trying to get some of the garden to grow up uh, to connect, but it was pretty high up. Uh, and they sat there in the Florida sun for some time. And they said, "Oh yeah, that's right. This is a lesson in garlic. Uh, by, garlic is drying out, uh, but garlic was also drying out Boggy." And now, you know, afterwards you realize, oh, wait a second, because Boggy's power was the wetlands and the swamp and the bog, uh, not just the organic material, but the water as well. And eventually garlic are drying out first. Boggy was still resting and waiting, and, and uh, uh, but it was clear also that Boggy's, uh, like, obviously the thing that dried out first was the the stalk, but Boggy knew that, uh, so Boggy dropped uh, down and on its feet and then became this giant uh, spice friend, just like we would have expected, a smiling bulb of garlic. But what we didn't expect was Boggy kind of opened up uh, to catch, uh, or, or I'm sorry, but, but garlic, garlic spice, uh, and everybody says garlic spice, uh, but yeah, garlic spice caught Boggy and shot out some of its cloves uh, so they could fit Boggy in the paper part of uh, garlic. And again, Boggy was very irritable. And this part was a bit of a back and forth because Boggy was trying to use the earth and trying to get a splash of water. But garlic seemed to know to just hold, uh, and this kind of went along with those things we were saying. Okay, let's see, let's see your anger. Okay, yeah, let's let that play out. Uh, let's hold it. Uh, we'll be here for you as you get more and more irritable. And uh, garlic kind of marched along the few dry places left uh, to the highest point it could get to, which luckily, you know, these are giant beings, so it's not as like uh, us walking across Florida to Georgia and eventually getting to the top, uh, the highest, like, uh, driest place it could find. And still letting things dry out and air out, but holding and smiling. And you could kind of see that Boggy was comforted by garlic, too. Uh, I don't know. And again, we're still trying to figure out why did Boggy manifest. Uh, I mean, my theory is all of the strong, Boggy was all of those strong feelings people were feeling towards you. And wanting you to act and, and wanting to take away, to make you act. Uh, and then eventually Boggy kind of seemed to, to really be uh, more dried out and uh, the garlic uh, hopped into the sea and headed towards Big One's Atoll like a, a garlic bulb boat uh, or a duck, I don't know, I guess it was garlic was using its feet uh, like a duck and just kind of floating along the water. And Boggy kind of had the sense this was really salty water, so not the kind of, I mean, some bogs are brackish, uh, 
but not all bogs are brackish. Only ba- brackish brog, brog, bogs are brackish boggy. And it gave us some time because all this unfolded slowly to address it on the show and to kind of address it in the same themes, to even give it a deeper lesson. What do we learn? Uh, oh, Boggy sat, where Garlic sat with Boggy. Garlic held Boggy when Boggy wanted to be held, or gave it a container for its feelings. And then Garlic went up to Big One's Atoll, climbed up to the top of that same volcano, and uh, sat in there, and then, again, before our eyes, we realized that those two had kind of become a flowering, I don't know, something. I guess, I don't know if there's garlic flowers, but uh, they're sitting there in the plugging the volcano, uh, though I think it went it stopped flowing with uh, cinnamon spice, and sitting in there... Uh, Kind of like it's a big pot and the two of them are there, but but neither one of them seems, they seem like just beautiful plants again. So I don't know. I know we're still waiting for the rest of the big ones and, uh, you know, but uh, I hope we can rest uh, and say, hey, let me lie here and give myself uh, and hold my own feelings. And I say, oh, who else feels this way? Can I hold their feelings too? Or can I hold some space for them? Because if we run down that road, it's a little bit sad. We don't want to be. It's okay to feel sad too. It's okay to be mad. But look where it goes. You know, let's see where it leads us before we let it, before we're led. And I guess that's kind of your leadership style too, President Smith. Uh, so I hope you're getting some rest uh, wherever you're here in this. Uh, and I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. Good night.